Hello, um, thank you for tuning in to another episode of This is FTC. On today's episode, we have Arman Roy, uh, founder and creative director of Academy Mac, which is a publication focused on politics, culture, society, and everything around it. So, without further ado, let's just jump right into it. What's hey. up, man? Good. How uh, are you? How does I'm it feel fine. to be in Delhi? It's been three months. It's a good change. But I mean, Delhi's home, so feels. Of course. Like home, so yeah. I introduced you, but in your own words, who is Arman Roy? Wow, that's something that I think that's a definition I always struggle with. Mm-hmm. But professionally, I'm a designer, I'd say. Um, and I work with a lot of graphic design, 3D, motion graphics, mm-hmm. the things that I like doing a lot. Um, but as a person, I have a lot of interests. I'd say, I mean, I draw a lot of visual influences from fashion, from paintings, music, art. I mean, anything that's around me. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it's a difficult question to completely condense into a couple of sentences, for me at least. Mm-hmm. At this point we don't stage. need a couple of sentences, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I think we'll uncover... I mean, I'd say like I'm a work in progress, if that encapsulates some of it. It does. It it encapsulates everything, actually. Because I think we all are in some way, shape or form. But so, Arman, about like, we, so firstly, how long have we known each other at this point? Okay, I remember we used to play football in sixth grade. And how did we meet? Like, I think it was just school, right? School, school. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I remember sixth grade, we were part of the same football club. You, Mm -hmm. Sarthak, me, Mm -hmm. a couple of other people. Oh, yeah. And then I think, obviously, like, check sections got changed, we lost touch. But I'm glad we got in touch in our adult lives. Yeah, I, I think we were in touch in some way, shape or form. Yeah. But it was more like, you know, in passing, not not really in depth. Although, like, always we... I kind of appreciated your work from the... Off the bat, because you were doing things which I had never seen at the time, you know. Oh, like, working with 3D and working with all of these different tools that at, at that time I was just a cricket playing guy who had zero fucks to give in the world. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't understand yourself like that. But yeah, I mean, I remember you told me about 6x6 and then I saw you actually making it happen yeah. and all the sponsorships. So it's great. Oh man. Which is respect. That's a, that's a ride. So just going off of that, what was, firstly, you run Academy, which is a beautiful platform. And I think everyone who's watching should definitely go and check it out. But when, how did you come to a point where you started Academy? You know, what's been your journey from out of school, you know, figuring things out and then today you run like an online publication. That's a long ride. But yeah, okay. If I have to start, I'd say probably a big, so Academy is co-founded by me and my partner Charu. Mm -hmm. So actually, to be fair, it's her idea and I was very reluctant initially, but I'll come to that in a bit. Yeah. I think the biggest inflection, the main inflection point for me to start working on something like this was first, I was in engineering, so I was in Delhi College of Engineering, out of school. Nice. I did mechanical. Did you finish? No, I didn't. So I quit in the second year. Um, I was on the verge, I was daily dialing, should I quit or should I not? But Mm -hmm. thankfully, my partner also at that time, Charu, so she said that, you know, like, why do you want to waste your time just doing something you you hate or you don't want to get better at? Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's when I applied to a school of visual arts I got in 
Uh, oh, casual. <laughs> not casual, but like. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I mean, I saw my, I saw two of my friends get in. I was like, you know, maybe I can also do it as well. So I think it's just about taking the leap at leap, that point. Yeah. My sister felt the same about applying to London College of Fashion. I said, just do it, you know. Yeah, exactly. So I applied to only two schools where I knew I wanted to be new. I mean, I think I had a very clear idea of what I wanted to do and what I wanted. So New York happened to be the place to for the kind of design I wanted to make. Right. The kind of professors who were teaching at SVA, the professional connections and everything. So it it, it was a natural progression in that regard. Mm-hmm. Glad it happened. So at the same time, Charu was also at Columbia. And I think slowly, probably in the probably in my second year is when the, this is I, my second year was last year. So the mm. BCA started my bachelor's again right. at SVA. So last year around the entire CA thing, uh, when it started happening, that's when Charu and at the same time she also had this massive disillusionment with uh, academic with academia. So she's, she was studying philosophy at uh, Columbia, but then she had this you know she, that she felt like. She felt a lot of academic circles were just in this ivory tower. Right. That though you talk amongst yourselves, but how do you actually propagate or at least attempt to propagate something? What is the real world impact? Yeah. Not even, I wouldn't say impact, but more like how do you share those ideas that you hold? Why do you want to gatekeep ideas or thoughts within your own circles? Right. Or, you know, obfuscate within language or just not make it accessible in a way. Mm -hmm. So that's when she came up with the idea of academy because we saw a lot of independent magazines there, like at the New York Art Book Fair or, you know, all these magazine stores like Jacobin mm-hmm. or the New Republic. So they at- attempted to talk a lot about progressive politics, but in their own, like, without sacrificing their own integrity or intent, but at the same time, packaging it in such a way, like with good visuals and design, that, right. you know, you actually felt you wanted to read it mm-hmm. or at least give it a shot. Right. I mean, as... I mean, it's a completely like a vanity thing, but yeah, if things are packaged well, people do tend to give it more legitimacy. It's not vanity. It's <laughs> it's literally just psychology though. Like Yeah, you know? I mean, this is again like a critique of, you know, the whole uh, capitalist or whatever it is, but, no, I, but can see where it's coming from. I mean, it's just basic psychology. If something looks like shit, you're not going to be yeah. inclined to pick it up. And when something, even if it is actually shit, but if it's packaged in a good box... It just, you will still pick it up. Even if you, whether or not you choose to consume it is a different story. Huh, exactly. I mean, because the, because with the kind of things that we end up talking about, I feel we have also have to be very careful about mm-hmm. how much we package or how much we brand something. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, uh, that also will draw criticisms of, uh, and somewhere rightfully say so about, you know, being like a capitalistic shell. I mean, graphic design in its very essence, I feel, stemmed, came out from a need to, you know, you know, uh, how do I put Make it? Make things more attractive. Attractive logos, maybe like designing products, which can be again manufactured to the T in, in factories and all those things. Mm-hmm. So coming from there, uh, but anyway, that's like I'm, I'm, dig- I'm digressing right now. But like, that, that's when Charu came back. That's when he said we should probably do something with like this in India or maybe try to, you know, uh, break down a lot of misinformation that's out there and make right. it readable or at least at, at the very least make it readable and legible. Mm-hmm. So, and I was very against it. I was like, oh, this, this, this sounds boring. I don't want to do it. What is this? And mm-hmm. she's like, you just give it a shot. I mean, and I think that's when we made our first post. It it was her idea, which was uh, how to respond to. So at the same time, yeah. the entire scene, I remember, yeah, we yeah. saw... How to respond to what about the and yeah, yeah exactly like so basically we saw that a lot of people felt uh, very strongly about these laws but they didn't have the right facts or tools to you know 
make a make a convincing argument and it end up always all of us know, yeah it it fell into those traps of you know oh what about this what about that personal insults so i think that's if we just condensed start condensing all this information you know like very uh, common lines of reasoning mm-hmm. and i think that caught a lot of people's eye right and for me that was very surprising because i had no hopes i had no uh, expectations mm-hmm. so you could say it's actually charu who started academy and i just happened to you know i and i and maybe after that i thought okay okay maybe there's some value to mm-hmm. this no super super interesting because i remember that first post very very clearly right yeah and um, i remember going through that and i remember messaging you about it as well saying this is you know this is incredible and i needed to you know read something like this thank you <laughs> i'm glad uh, which brings me to my like which brings me to a question that i was going to ask right so you use design as a as a form to make extremely dense information something that's not very easy to pass through if you're not very interested in the subject and make it bite sized and consumable so is that is has that been a conscious effort or is it just part of your design ideology from the start um i think with with the bite sized bits so we've definitely moved from that to publishing full fledged um and very uh deep what do you say invest in and in, in some way investigative uh, writing now but your all your posts yeah, are, I mean, still, like, are still are still very much to that. yeah i mean so what we do is that we pick portions that you know that we feel if you want to see at a glance what it is mm-hmm. these summarize all of it and i think uh, basically with design i how i approach for when i design something for academy it's always a the cover has to convey something about that particular article or writing right. but in a very i feel that's my personal style but in a very uh, what do you say suggestive manner nothing symbolic almost symbolic or yeah. being suggestive or that you know where you can have multiple meanings just by looking at it and then once you read you get something completely different i've seen that yeah, and, so and i love that i love i love the whole approach to it as well i think it's just so abstract and yet so focused on yeah because i i always didn't like extremely i mean there is a place for very uh, literal imagery mm-hmm. but i think with something that is very sensitive things like this i don't think it works right. personally so then with that then i then it comes down to how much can we fit per slide because you know i i seen <laughs> i think that's basically yeah. the crux of all of it is how many like how much can you uh, what do you say reasonably fit in a slide where it's readable and people don't lose interest so i think that's where you know the kind of typefaces i choose or the line breaks i think line breaks are very important when you're trying to make anybody read anything <laughs> right. on the screen yeah. please have line breaks because nobody i think that's a, that's what our english teacher Every, always thought yeah everybody well. skips yeah. so that's when we that's where we break some rules with the writing mm-hmm. because we want this uh, our instagram post it's it's a very specific purpose is that you know you get like an overview of what this is yeah. if you're interested go to the website and read the entire thing right. it's up to your own discretion mm-hmm. so that's where uh, yeah that's how we approach academies each instagram post and and your design is just stemming from you know just making that cuz not only so as as you said it's packaged so well that people are almost more intrigued to read what it says and yeah and that's what we're trying is that you know maybe i know for a lot of people they might feel squeamish about reading about politics or certain tough to talk about topics yeah, maybe think, like about caste about all these things but maybe at some point if you make it accessible or at least say that you know give us give give reading this a shot right and then see if they like we don't 
place an expectation on people. You know, you have to read this, and you have to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad it, it, it's it's great if people educate themselves, but we don't place that on you. Is that right? It's just it is, you. Yeah, you just put it out, and then whoever wants to consume look, it. If yeah. you if you feel there's something of value to it, please read the entire thing on our website. Right. And I hope we take some. You get something out of it right. because uh, all of us have put so much work into it. No, I I've seen that, and I've I think it's for for someone who's. in some way or shape or form versed with how the creative process works i don't personally i'm not personally designing things but i have an idea of how it works i think it's very clear to anyone with a discerning eye to see how much work and research and thought process has actually gone into yeah, every exactly. single thing that you put out and what's the so what's the name behind academy like you know what's the meaning behind naming what you call academy mag so okay um Academy again. This was coined by Charu. Okay. So she. So I think we're missing Charu today. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, but again, uh, she, her grandmother was unwell, so mm. she couldn't come through. But for sure, you should do an episode with her. Definitely. I will. I will <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Definitely. Um. Yeah. So she came up with the name, and again, like when you hear Academy, in like an Indian context, it's always within government institutions like Society Kala Academy or Lalit Kala Academy and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and it's like when. In, Like a Hindi version of, say, academy or you know some mm-hmm. sort of of the actual word academy. Uh, in German, surprising, it also means a learned society. Right. Yeah. So um, actually, not in German. <laughs> My bad. I, I messed it up. That's fine. But yeah. So academy. She came up with it, thinking that um, it toes that line between some sort of uh, educa- educational uh, platform, but rooted in India because. Whatever we do, everything is just hyper focused on what's happening in India, right. and that's so. That's where the name came from. Also, surprisingly, she made the logo. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, I'm the designer. That she came up with the initial that's idea. That's that's very interesting. Yeah, and then uh, I would not have guessed that. Actually. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know about the typeface that she used called org, and then I'm like, oh wow, that's actually pretty cool. So then I worked on like you know tightening up the spacing, some weight changes some, here. Some some basic, you know, yeah, like the finesse, cleaning level, it up, yeah, cleaning yeah. it up, you could say, yeah. But, but that, that's interesting. <laughs> I I feel like I love the fact that your logo is not as per like modern day design convention. In my opinion, it just goes against because like we've seen everyone move away from cursive into a more you know cleaner typeface and all of that. Yeah. And your logo just goes bang opposite and just goes like all the I way mean, around. It's a beautiful typeface. Why not? Yeah, I mean, it, so when I saw it. We were using light, the mm-hmm. normal regular version of Aug. It's by Sharp Foundry, by the way. Mm-hmm. And but then it didn't. I felt like the weight was a little thin. So then, thankfully, within a few months, I released the medium. We mm-hmm. bought it, and that's a, that's been our logo since. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I just like the different forms that interact with each other, like the cursive bits or the italic bits, and then the normal regular bits. Okay, <laughs> if in one minute you had to explain type. in like literally a minute or maybe a few sentences to someone who has no idea how typefaces work which could be a lot of us i mean means yeah i think that's a majority of yeah, me included um, no i it's it's a very specific field yeah. um but at something but more than that it's also very ubiquitous because anything that you do you have to read mm-hmm. so i i think um the more with typography i think how if i can uh, you know condense it is that If 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 it's not hard to read, then the designer did a good job. 
you know i like, think that's that's <laughs> as simple as it gets like, i love like, it like if if you if you if you're reading without thinking if you're if it may feel if it's legible and you're not nothing like it's off for you then yeah the designer did a good job Perfect. because i feel it type uh, unless it's big display type even mm-hmm. then um if again like with reading also how you design those, those type forms it's, it's very technical is that i mean because it has to work at such a small size all of them have to work together they have mm-hmm. to work on a page they have to work on a book together so and and if and if somebody is able to read that like thousands of pages and over i think that's a job well done yeah so yeah and and would you say typography as an as an art form um, has become more relevant lately so because of so earlier i guess you could go 200 years back when type was just used on paper right so it only had one use case or maybe you know different types of paper or different flyers or whatever but would you say today typography is a lot more nuanced um uh, i guess um with so okay like typography has been here for maybe centuries mm-hmm. millennia cal- calligraphers right. scribes then you had gutenberg mm-hmm. making the printing press um but with uh, i feel screens are definitely like a medium which now typography has access to mm-hmm. it's like a completely different medium that's not tied to paper so it right. has it's its own requirements and more than nuanced i feel there's more fun you can have with it yeah it, 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 you don't have to stick to just i mean even with we have centuries of great type that's just on paper or just mm-hmm. on physical medium so mm-hmm. not discounting that but with with okay so with screens you have motion so right. i feel with now with typography and motion they both work hand in hand i don't think you can compartmentalize them both mm-hmm. and i feel since the future is screens the future is also motion in a way everything will be moving now i agree um but yeah i mean it's just another application surface that you have with its own sets of complexities and uh, needs mm-hmm. so that's definitely you can have more fun with it i think it's evolved type like yeah it, i mean almost, you only had like it's almost forced type to evolve in Mm, like I, I my guess, opinion um maybe you uh, i'd say uh, more than evolve yeah it, it's definitely evolved but i wouldn't only attribute it to just creating. digital yeah but yeah i mean there's the human tendency to create and then it finds a new outlet in well screens right and also i think because our consumption of screens has just you know Bonkers, yeah. <laughs> yeah gone through the roof pretty much almost every waking hour there's not a time where we're not looking at a screen you know yeah. at least once every waking hour we're looking at a screen so i think that use case is also amplified because it's just being used so much exactly yeah that people spend so much time that there are like you know you keep perfecting on what could be and it's almost it's still capitalistic in some way shape or form because it's made to make you consume more or make you uh, feel better or whatever but it's still like there is it's still capitalistic but it's just beautiful so you Mm. Ah, definitely. I feel. Uh, I I guess now that people have more access to, I think at somewhere when more people, but people have more access to tools. Mm-hmm. You also have a lot of great typography that, or maybe anything great that comes out because earlier maybe not everybody had access to a type foundry to you know yeah. make lead cut wood or mm-hmm. you know wood cut type and then print it on paper. Mm-hmm. But now, okay, you have a computer. If you have MS Paint, you can make. type on that if you have a computer you can make if you can have like paper you can make something on it scan it back make type right. out of that so i feel the more access you have to tools the more vibrant and 
uh, better the entire landscape for that particular creative field is. And I think that's what you were saying with type as well. Yeah. Is that now that people are just seeing that, oh, we can all do all these things with type and all these different um, fields together. Yeah. So it doesn't have to just be in one lane as it only used to be. Got it. So now, again, you've been working on Academy Mac for over a year now. Yeah, um, over a year. And Slightly over a year. And you're still also in college. So how how does that how does that balance work? Please don't ask me. <laughs> and and what does it look like? Have you ever had the thought like, fuck it, I'm gonna drop out again and and you know just work on this full time? I think there's I think there's too much riding on me for me to <laughs> drag, drag drop out again. Yeah. I mean I'm, I'm pretty sure my dad will uh, you know he'll he'll go through something if I drop yeah out again. blow the but roof. No, I don't want to. I want to complete my education, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's very hard. You said that for your dad, no? I, yeah. He heard it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, so we, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so what? You need that sir. So, you take yeah, another one, definitely. Yeah, yeah um, with school, it, it gets really hard because a I underestimated the amount of work I have to do at school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they give you a lot of work, and I also <laughs> underestimated what design actually looks like when you're working on projects or when you actually have to iterate. Right. So my assignments are not only that I have to make something and submit, I have to also work on it throughout over weeks, over days. And on top of that, I also make academy. So it gets really... And you're also a perfectionist, which doesn't yeah, help. And, and, yeah. and, and I think I'm still unlearning that because before this, whenever I made work, it was always me, just me and the computer, and I just made whatever I wanted. And it and wasn't, it wasn't for the world to see. Yeah. yeah, or maybe even if it was, it was at my own term. That you know, okay, I, if I want to upload it right now, I'll do it. If I want to upload it in this state, I can. But then mm. the moment you go into your professional setting, where there is, where there is money involved, where there are other people involved, it, right. it doesn't work like that. And then yeah. school is teaching me that that you need to iterate because the first solution we come up with is not the best. It never is. Mm. You need to dig deeper. I don't know, trash 20, 30 designs, maybe then the 40th will look decent and then you get another idea and the 50th looks best. So it's, and I think Academy also, I do that. So it becomes really hectic between school and this. Right. Uh, my sleep has suffered. <laughs> and But it's okay. At the end of the day, I, I get up in the morning and I feel like doing this. You enjoy it. I enjoy I, it. I mean, I, okay, like it, it becomes work. I, I I don't want to say that um, just because I love my work, it doesn't work. It is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have back pain. Sometimes I just don't want to do it. Right. You know, but I have to. So, and surprisingly, some of my best work has come out of that. It's, it's always really? weird. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's, it's when I have to absolutely, I don't just want to work on it. Just finish it. And, and, finish it and said, actually, it turns out to be pretty good. I For example. I think I think we have a solution to your problem. <laughs> just, just stop giving a fuck. <laughs> you could say, yeah, yeah. I, I, because I think what what I, I remember was it which artwork was it? I, I think it was it was the one that I did recently for the internet surveillance thing. Mm-hmm. I really did. I, I I basically had one hour. Like okay, fine, I'll just do it. I made a sphere in Cinema 40. I colored it, and that's it. And it turned out to be so good. <laughs> so firstly, the way you casually just dropped the fact that you made a sphere on Cinema 40 and just colored it. 
so i i, I, I know skipping a lot of steps yeah i don't, i don't think people realize uh, what that takes so i think it skips a lot of okay i think it's also because i've been doing it for so so long so yeah. a lot of these decisions and processes have become automatic yeah way. it's a, it's almost like clockwork on on basic processes and then you're able to kind of add yeah, and color between the lines i've become pretty comfortable with my tools in the sense that if i imagine something i know i can make, make it. it yeah that's so. <laughs> that's a great place to be though i mean i mean okay there are a lot of other things that i want to make which obviously need more time yeah. but in this short time if i imagine that i can definitely execute it so yeah when I mean, coming back to what you mentioned about balancing it out it, it's been really hard um especially because we really haven't found a way to keep academy self sustaining till now um because charu works a job sometimes i take from freelance projects and then we pay all the contributors from that right so there has been no other and of course our patrons so a- apart from these three income sources i don't it- it's been difficult to you know sometimes pay our contributors on time sorry guys i'm really sorry <laughs> that we haven't been you know on top of it always but we try our best and yeah all of it depends on when charu's salary comes or when i my payments get cleared right so it- it's been hectic we're trying to figure our way out of it <laughs> and and yeah i know that i i know we had i know a, you know we had a we had a, we had a long conversation about it, about it. Uh, and I will call you out on that today <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah so I just want to go back to one of the points that you mentioned mm-hmm. which is in terms of the tools that you use right um, yeah. and and a lot of people are familiar with like photoshop which is because it's such an overused term like people mm. people will see something and say isko photoshop just photoshop it yeah uh, so what are the different tools that you use to make your work i mean and and you know like you don't have to be very in depth about all of them but just like in terms of listing them out and what their purposes hmm. are okay i think starting off the, one of the reasons why i got so into design or to design on a computer is because of photoshop mm-hmm. i think it's not a surprise to a lot of people that you know somebody gave them a pirated copy or they, yeah, they yeah. had access to it and then it started off mm-hmm. and i think somebody clicked that you know okay like this tool will let me create all the cool things that i see or want to make right. i think i think that's where the appeal of photoshop lies mm-hmm. that you know once you start using it i actually realize just how powerful it is right for me a big part of my workflow is photoshop nothing that i put outside that it's it, it, it's pretty rare that you know i put something out and it doesn't go through photoshop it, it's very it's very rare mm-hmm. it's almost like my bread and butter a lot of people swear by illustrator mm-hmm. i it, it's photoshop for me because i mean retouching effects um the kind of control i have over uh, manipulating images and all those things right. so It, it demands it to go through it. And Photoshop is image based, whereas Illustrator is vector based. Yeah, vector based. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I use it combined. I make stuff on Illustrator. I bring it into Photoshop right. and stuff like that. But for t- I used to use Illustrator for typesetting. But I've for now for most of ever since design school and uh, considering Academy that everything needs to look a certain like has to have some sort of uniformity at least mm-hmm. in the text. Mm-hmm. I've moved to InDesign, and it's so powerful. It's insane. I mean, I is it InDesign free as well? Like InDesign uh, is free for anyone to use. Is it? I, I yeah, yeah. So. Okay, it's one it of is, the it's one of the few Adobe softwares that's just okay, free. Okay, maybe. I mean, I'll have to check on that. But I so I get Creative Cloud from my college. Yeah. After I have to start paying, but it's fine. It's a business yeah. expense. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, InDesign is insane. It's so powerful. I mean, I think to some extent, all Adobe programs are. Yeah. Um, that's why they charge what they charge yeah i mean okay I, i don't like the monopoly but but if you if you take each software in its own it's very deep mm-hmm. you, you can actually make a lot of things you can 
it, it allows you the kind of depth as deep as you wanted to go. Right. With InDesign, I mean the kind of fine-tuned control I have over say, you, you know what, why I moved to InDesign, what really made, push, made me push there because, so, in, so uh, for Academy, I used to underline everything with like the line tool in Illustrator, mm -hmm. that was a roundabout way of going about it. And then in InDesign, I found, okay, wait, if I go to background styles, I go to underline, then I can set like a offset, I can choose by the pixel ki kitna niche chahiye mujhe. And that changed it. And I was like, wow, I need to move to this tool. <laughs> so it's like a little Eureka movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for typesetting, 100% in design, mm -hmm. nothing comes close to it. Um, even the grid, I mean, the use of how you can use grids and place things amazing. Right. Um, Cinema 4D is my love. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I was very uh, disillusioned in between. Mm -hmm. But then uh, I was on Instagram and started seeing all these 3D artists and I'm like, wait, how do they make all of this? Then I saw mm. the hashtags. I'm like, oh wait, Cinema 4D, let me look, mm. look it up. And yeah, I mean, I got a student license and ever since I've, uh, I, I think it's a great tool for designers who want to get into 3D. It's, it's so intuitive. Mm -hmm. Because I remember I tried 3ds Max and I wanted to make mods for GTA San Andreas, but I what, failed. What were you trying to make? I don't like, know. Like, what is the? I mean, okay, you so might have okay, failed, but okay, what so, were you trying so to make? Part of my word building exercise as a child was that I used to add a lot of mods to GTA Vice City and GTA SA, like you know, to replace mm -hmm. cars. Maybe I wanted to add make small. So, so like I remember I hated some of the graffiti on the walls in the game, so I made my own. <laughs> It's so stupid. Honestly, that's like, that's, that's fucking amazing though. Like that's, like, you see something and then you fix it and then it's better. Yeah, so over there I want to, I thought, you know, maybe I should design my own car, but I, I tried 3DS Max, I gave up. You know, like, mm -hmm. Maybe at that time I was also much younger, mm -hmm. but Cinema 4D was completely different, great to use. And um, yeah, and most of, and I think it's only recently that I started blurring between all the tools that I use. So mm -hmm. you see, I mean, I use a lot of, Analog methods, I mean, I take a lot of photographs, I cut them up, splice them up, yeah. mix it with 3D, mix it with type. I mean, at, at this point, I'm glad. I've seen, I've seen that. I've seen that amalgamation yeah, so come in where there's a 3D model that's then been taken into a Photoshop environment and then maybe... Yeah, or maybe like text behind <laughs> it. I don't yeah. know. I, I feel just mixing and matching. I mean, I don't think you need to lock yourself into, oh, I'm a digital designer, oh, mm -hmm. I'm a painter. Okay, if you want to do that, great. But there's just tools for me mm -hmm. and, a, and a means to get to make what I want. So that's... <laughs> and so you also also mentioned um, freelance. How do you get time between what you do at academy no, and what you do in school to actually do freelance? Definitely things have suffered because I tried to take too much on my plate. Mm -hmm. um, there was This this was definitely in November and December. I mean, I think October, November, December were hell mm -hmm. because I took up too much. I had, I, I had school. I had my final submissions. Academy work anyway. Is it's ongoing, intensive yeah. because we're working with a lot of different collab with yeah. our contributing writers with the research team with the editing team and uh, on top of that I also had to you know earn money to like at least pay our contributors if we've uh, commissioned them we have to also pay them right. so there was a time when I had all, the three, all these three things going at the same time and I, I basically realized I couldn't focus well on either of them so I, I didn't do a good job on any of the three things I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So that's when I just made it a con conscious decision to like at least stop freelance at least for this for the, for this month mm -hmm. or at least the last month because it got really bad. I mean, I, I wanted some rest. I, I knew I, I knew I got really burnt out, mm -hmm. like extremely burnt out to the point I didn't want to open my laptop. How? So. <laughs> you, you were in Goa and you were burnt out. Like that's, yeah, that's I think a, because I was, in, I was in Goa, I think 
it wasn't as bad if i was in delhi i would have gone crazy i'm pretty sure cheers to that <laughs> yeah. yeah because i mean at least in goa i could escape i, I mean the air was good mm-hmm. it was green if i wanted to go to the beach, beach yeah. yeah i could go <laughs> so okay like uh, to be fair driving in goa sucks but i think apart from that goa is great <laughs> yeah I, i think that's the only thing hmm. that you can complain the weather is nice people are nice yeah. the food's great um and it's just you know you're at the beach and not much yeah i, I think it's only after goa i just you know you get like another sense of um i mean okay i already know that india is pretty diverse and like the amount the extent of plurality that we have mm-hmm. but yeah i mean even just living there just seeing how people live their lives in goa it's just so very different to say like okay i'm from tripura so how my how people in tripura live or maybe in delhi live mm-hmm. and all of us together in this one massive country i, I mean this this definitely some merit to the idea of like a united india which mm-hmm. then i saw as you as you travel you will probably see that right. and that's what i experienced in a very small form when i lived in goa for 3 months how do collaborations happen at academy and and this is something that i that you know cuz you mentioned contributors and all of these people that you work with or commission how what is the process for that is there a set process or is it just depending on what you're trying to talk about and then go from there i think um it's it, it happened i think organically in a way mm-hmm. because in so okay so charu was doing the research and writing right for 6 7 months mm-hmm. and then uh the first contributor we actually had on board was Sapnit Kaur so she mm-hmm. she wrote she used to write the we worked on this newsletter for like 10 editions called Love Prevented mm-hmm. so she was the first um contributor so she reached out to us said that you know we have i have this idea that i want to write all mm-hmm. these things mm-hmm. and we want to work together on it so then yeah. we provided all the visual and visual support um in terms of editing support as well as uh what is a hosting the newsletter and sending it to people and stuff right. but the logistics of it yeah um then slowly because we gained like a following we thought you know maybe it shouldn't just be charu who writes everything mm-hmm. so then we started contacting uh, other writers who or people or wrote to us that you know we have this pitch for a story are you interested in it mm-hmm. and since then i think that's basically what academy's model is now is that anybody who writes to us and if we and and if we find it interesting or something that you know has the potential to be like very has like really good fleshed out arguments mm-hmm. we'll definitely uh, put it forward and we i mean we focus and our focus is definitely on considering the kind of platform we have i think it's careless to not involve other voices beyond your own other right marginalized community because you don't push an agenda right like yeah do. i mean also i feel because just how heavily compromised media in india is <laughs> I think yeah that's an understatement it's not compromise I, I, I think uh, it's it's almost private to be fair yeah. minus some you know very uh, like independent organization like news mm-hmm. laundry or caravan yeah but for us i mean we just want to focus on the writing bit and so and obviously a lot of authors who work with us on on topics like caste and everything mm-hmm. um we make it a point to highlight and amplify voices that are marginalized or you know not as privileged right that's where uh, we believe at least academy should you know go forward with at least as no, a publication I, i think that's the kind of so, writing you want to support right so be, and and this is again stemming from that which is that your 
from a design background and you're almost doing journalistic work so is has that just been like it is in some, i mean journalistic have, uh, okay i don't think we are journalistic in the regard that we do go to ground, ground reports because no not really but it's still it's still reporting about certain things that are happening in a detailed form with you know with facts to back the argument yeah. that is being presented so i think i think it's more um, criticism writing or opinion writing in a way and but but uh, but more like reflecting on the news that's happening right we don't report i think their uh, journalists do a great job of that and mm. we don't want to you know occupy that space in the obvious journalists you know right but yes we do um, reflect on news that has happened over a slow course of time mm-hmm. um, and so, think like write about it yeah, yeah. and we have the discussion almost like slow journalism in some way shape or form yeah i think i think more like a reflection on what's happening mm-hmm. or um, about ideas that are relevant in the current news cycle or just generally in our daily lives yeah and and in a year and however many months that you've been doing this you've gone from like zero to where you are today and and how's that how's that growth journey been is it just been like you know one single path up or is it just been up and down and then um i i think i think for any uh, you know I, i i i feel it did it grew a lot initially um last december Mm-hmm. I mean December 2019 is when we started so then in the December January to February span uh we did get a lot of people who followed us for all the updates that we posted about the CNRC and things like that but and and it's 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 been steady though we've reached like some kind of plateau right now mm-hmm. but I I think it ups and downs happen there are times when we lose followers again but I think we don't try to fixate on that that much I mean it, it it's very easy, it's very difficult not to because if you don't have engagement that means your writers don't get the kind of visibility that, that you know they expect from our from right. our platform right so somewhere there is there is that responsibility that we have to you know maintain engagement but also um you can't predict it you can't control mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. so i i think we've reached some kind of plateau but i'm figuring out how to diversify and you know try different methods like maybe video But right. again, I mean, video takes a lot of time. Right. Animation takes so much time. So mm-hmm. let's see what happens. And also, perfectionism again, <laughs> kind of gets in the way. Yeah, of, I, I think I yeah. should probably try what you said. Just put it out there. Yeah, just, happens. just go with the flow and. Yeah, I, I ruminate on things too much. I feel. Is I've that, seen that. I yeah. mean, I have fucking hard evidence of that. You know, from our you conversation do, in do, Goa. You do. Uh, you do. How long has it been? Three months. Three months. Yeah, you yeah. do. Yeah, I mean, I can't say anything to that. Yeah, I so I'll get to that, yeah. and and I have something as a call out for the end of the video, but oh we'll God, we'll get shit. there. <laughs> uh, as a creative, where do you see the role of a creative changing? In so in a modern age where you know softwares are all over, and there's all different kinds of softwares that exist. and a creative is expected to do a, to do a lot many role lot many yeah. more roles as compared to you know when you were just a graphic designer when you were just a designer or when you were just one x you know thing that you were compartmentalized into where do you see the roles have gone now and where do you see this going in the future um 
Yeah, I, I think I remember I was reading this. I mean, I want to say this quote. So, Hassan Rahim is this extremely uh, good designer who I look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, and in an interview with Essence, I feel, he said that um, we're, we're like a project generation and not a career generation. And mm-hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because I think as a bro, with the kind of tools or the kind of competition or the kind of, I mean, just how fast-paced everything is, um, putting yourself into a box, a I, I feel it limits your limits you, right? And at the, at the same time, um, it stops you from trying out a, like a lot of different kinds of mediums that you wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. So why I like the term project-based generation is that it just allows you to wear different hats without feeling bad about it. I'm going to use that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, for you, I mean, look at FTC. This was like a project, but then it's gone into so many other projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, so it, it's like that. You don't have to really uh, stop yourself at some point. Like, I, I feel for anyone, the focus should just be doing good sincere work and that could take any form. And making, you know, making financial sense of it. Yeah. Yeah. You do have to make a living out of it, right. definitely. So, yeah, I mean, because when people say that, you know, I'm just trying to do it for the art, I think that comes from a lot of privilege where they don't have to worry about... Yeah, 100%. Uh, and I, I, I think at some point, at some point, that privilege also, I'm not saying it runs out, like... No, I mean, I'm also very privileged that I'm doing this, but yeah. in a country where there's so much un- unemployment, but yeah, I mean, everybody deserves to make their own living however they wish to. Agreed. And no, it doesn't harm anyone. And... and <laughs> Yeah, I think that that it kind of have to be said, but yeah that no it did because that kind of made half the country jobless uh, <laughs> as of today. Now this is an interesting one, and this is something which I didn't know what you were gonna say. So it's it's you know this is what's the craziest experience you've had working with Academy, and you know it can be good, it can be bad, but just something that you never expected. To kind of be in a position for, and then you were. I think the amount of support that we got from everyone. Really? For me, I mean, because I had zero expectations. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when I told you beforehand also that I, I wasn't very sold on Charu's idea, but just the amount of support mm-hmm. and I think love that we got from all our readers, mm-hmm. it's pretty great and also scary at the same time because I had no idea that so many people would be invested or at least would want to engage with the kind of writing we put out. I think people just care. Yeah, and, and I, think, I think that's both great and scary at the same time. <laughs> so... Because it, it puts an expectation on you to, you know, continue to be... and responsibility. Yeah. Which, you know, you have to try your best to always reach up to. Yeah, I think that's the scariest part of what we do as well. Yeah. You know, like, because it's so easy for a concept. When you think of an idea, it's very pure. Uh, hmm. You know, it's it's unadulterated. It's there as an idea in your mind. But when you actually go to ground, and when you actually start building that idea and start making financial sense of it, it's so easy for that idea to lose essence. Essence. You know? Yeah, and I think um, that's where... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's why we haven't... That's why I think our ideas also have changed, or at least we're in a constant state of... Always rethinking what academy is, what it should be, mm-hmm. the kind of things that you want to do, uh, the kind of people you want to work with. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I, I guess because of how fast-paced everything is, it keeps us on our toes to always keep reviewing that and making yeah. sure all our actions fall into place yeah. within that, within it, the that, kind of guidelines we've set for ourselves. And that responsibility, right, is 
is almost a scary part and this is something that I feel the same about a, a lot of times because building the space and trying to get everyone within the community to be involved and also for them to be invested in some way shape or form because there's product from them there's expectations of their brand and yeah, all of those exactly, things all those things it's, it's definitely uh, hard <laughs> Um, I mean, you're running the retail space. I don't even know what that entails. Yeah, it's a it's a whole different animal. I agree, but it's just that when you think about it, as long as you stay true to that pure idea and keep making financial sense out of it, I think you're going to be fine. Uh, you I know? hope, yeah. And and I we're st- we're all still figuring this thing out. out yeah. You know, definitely. I mean, I I just want to reach a point where we're just comfortable with the amount of that. You know, we can. Uh, get x amount of contributors every month mm-hmm. everybody's paid on time and they're paid well yeah because right now we only offer an ordinarium amount i feel bad about it because you know if i was a creative i, I would want to pay full price or whatever it is but that's why we always mention you know this is what we can afford if this is okay to you for you you can go ahead with this right and so, i'm sure that's still above market like i knowing you uh, uh, a lot of places don't pay so yeah I yeah, yeah i mean that's that's exactly why like it's still above what no, the I, I think it's important to you know, practice what you preach at, in, at some level because I've been a pretty vocal critic about how a lot of... Unpaid internships. In, unpaid internships, yeah, because that sucks. I mean, there are very few people in the world who can actually access that or who mm-hmm. have, you know, who can... Only on people on, with privilege can do that. Yeah, yeah and, and I think that just robs so many people of op- equal opportunities. Yeah. So definitely, I mean, and also uh, from like a wage or, you know, like labor perspective, you're putting in work, you need to be compensated for the time you put in. And right. the effort you put in. Right. So that's why it was like a principle that we don't, you know, make anybody do free work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, we definitely do have people who wanted to help out on a voluntary basis and we really appreciate it. And we're, we're very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like that's our overarching, because we've, we always make, it sh- make sure that we play all our contributors. Right. Whether it's dis- like artists who we work with or uh, writers who we work with. Right. And, and editors as well. Shout out to the editors. <laughs> shout out to like everyone on everyone your team firstly, yeah. you know, because I think what you guys do is much needed, firstly, in the current political and uh, political discourse that we live in. And also, the way you do it is just phenomenal. Thank so, you. shout out to everyone who's at Academy. Yeah, shout uh, out to everyone who's at Academy. And Charu and Arman and everyone on the team. Just, you know, you guys are doing phenomenal work. And Thank we you. hope to be able to, you know, keep supporting what you guys yeah, do I mean, in some way, shape or form. Thank you so much. Um, what's, what's the vision like for you? personally as well as for academy so what do you see yourself doing in the future if i told you shut your eyes forget for a minute that you have anything on your plate what would you ideally be doing like with academy with or your life like just you as a as a creative as a designer what would you be doing and then think about what you would do with academy as well i mean i i guess i'd stop being very hard on myself for yeah. fun that's definitely number one on my to-do list. If I could do everything without any constraints, or you know, mm-hmm. it's definitely stop being hard on myself a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe just inculcate some discipline. I feel I, I'm very zero to hundred in the sense that some there are days where you know I just don't want to work, and there are days when I'm just locked in onto my computer for weeks, right. and there's nothing that can move me from there. Okay, that's maybe my process, but I know that comes with a lot of stress, which. Yeah. I, I think as I grow older, I don't want, or at least I want a healthy way to, you know, circumvent that. Right. You'll figure it out. I think, yeah, yeah, I think I there's... Mean, so, this is like more like personal mm-hmm. self-growth goals, or as you put it. But right. As as a designer, I feel I'm very fortunate to work on something like Academy because 
a um, I I know for a lot of designers they you know they shy away from you know mixing politics or design but doesn't have to be that way yeah i mean to exist in to exist in a world in some form in some form where your shape is to be political, political. Yeah. yeah and you don't have to shy away from that affecting your work right because when people say only design is just grids or circles squares it is but yeah. seeing it's only just form yeah i i think it's a little disingenuous you know it, it's just like it's, it's like shying away from responsibility uh, in, yeah exactly in a way. i mean yeah. i think uh, it's more like that you don't want to uh, i i read this really cool article i think that said that you know that sort of that view of design is the equivalent of those motivational posters that you see like saying don't be sad be happy <laughs> i mean That's the don't, don't be sad be happy yeah i mean it was audio very informative i can't recall right now but i'll tell you which one it is yeah. look it up and so what's the future like for academy so we definitely okay i think maybe because i'm saying it on record that will hold me accountable yeah but we definitely we uh, we heard it here first yeah we heard it first but we are definitely planning a print edition Let's trying to figure it. out how yeah but that's definitely my next and i think charu and i wanted it to be a print edition but because of the because of the pandemic and then all these different uh, mm-hmm. circumstances we went on web mm-hmm. so okay the social media wasn't ever meant to be social media we just wanted to do like a test of concept yeah. you know because it's it's like your it was a complete accident yeah, yeah, yeah. in the sense that we we were at zero we were at what 12 followers and we said okay fine let's just see how this goes let's see, I, let's see. i followed you when you guys were at like 450 or something uh i remember like so <laughs> wow, i i remember like entire, pressing right? that follow button and then immediately messaging you saying bro this is yeah, I remember, amazing yeah i remember uh so and, and now what are you start. like 30000 no we're at 26 26.8 yeah. Yeah, yeah i don't know if the exact number is but yeah somewhere <laughs> yeah, around that ball somewhere around that yeah no and uh, the, the, that's the thing i mean the social media come doesn't complete accident that we thought you know in, before investing in a print thing let's just see if people warm up to this on a social that's your mvp thing. bro like that's your minimum value product, product. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly that's that's been that's what made me realize ki oh wait this is what an mvp means right in a way so let's just see how we uh, translate that into print and you so have this, you have translated it to maybe not into print yet but into the number of people that are on your newsletter into the num- like you know all of that is basically coming from your mvp which was instagram yeah you could you could say definitely i mean uh, i i feel uh using instagram as like a publishing platform was like a complete accident and also like a very interesting experiment yeah because i think i i a lot of lot of place lot of people don't do that but i think during um, like black lives matter and everything a lot of uh, like a big way of uh, you know spreading information or at least sharing resources happened through instagram was, yeah, yeah. so i i wouldn't discount that completely mm-hmm. um that has its own pros and cons like Everything that, does, that yeah. has its own line of argumentation but yeah i mean uh, it, it's definitely been a ride because what instagram helps us do is we get people who might be interested in it and then yeah. similar an audience who might want to read the entire thing later on right and so it kind of mashes both where you're able to have people who would want to read the whole thing yeah who can go on the website and read it and then there are certain people who just want the gist of it and are able to get that as well which you have done beautifully so you know yeah i think we just want to be a starting point for your own investigation your own search yeah in in a world where most media can't be trusted i think that's 
That's a great no, starting we, like, point. Like uh, with all our with our editors and our um, fact checkers, they do a they do a lot of work, and you know, they. I mean, I feel the strength of academy is the work that they do. Mm-hmm. I'm just the front, right. <laughs> you know, which <laughs> makes it look nice. Yeah, I mean, but I feel like we're on the same page on that because uh, yeah. everything that we build here is not just us doing everything all at once. It's a lot of amazing people. Exactly. Uh, you know, that are behind the scenes, that are maybe behind the camera, not in front of it, who are actually making these things happen. True, agreed. And Yeah, so with print, we definitely hope to, uh, I guess, make like a very hyper-focused issue on mm-hmm. like one issue, but like going delving into the various aspects of branches it can go off in. And like so, a monthly or a no, quarterly? No, monthly, I think, uh, because the kind of, the, I think the dream that I have, the kind of visual fidelity that I wanted, I don't think you actually reproduce it monthly. No yeah. way. I don't have the bandwidth, nor do I have the kind of resources to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, we're thinking twice a year. But yeah. it'll be like a nice, like a substantial edition where right. we can sit and read for a while. I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, now I said on record, I probably have to execute it now. You have to. I mean, there's there's no way you're not. <laughs> there's another thing you're, you're going to... There's another another thing that you are going to execute that I'm going to make sure you do. I know. I know. At the end of this video, yeah, we're going to make sure that that happens. But um, before we get to that, so this is more like philosophical in some ways. And it's almost like, I guess this is my last, my last question to no, you. No, I mean, go ahead, ask me. Uh, which would be, if you... So what is one piece of advice that you would have given to yourself five years ago or like seven years ago when you were just, you know, someone who liked to experiment with all of these different tools and just did it for the fun of it. And now that you do it for a living, um, what is one piece of advice you'd want to tell yourself? I think I want to say a couple of things. I, think, <laughs> I mean, I haven't used the clarity or can we, you know, laser into one thing, but I feel... Wait, five, seven years ago, how old was I? I was probably like... 16, 17, yeah. Oh, when I was 16, 17, yeah, that's when I started doing design and all those things on the computer. But I feel A is, you know, um, if you believe in yourself in the sense that, believe in yourself so much that, you know, you're ready to stand up for it, mm-hmm. which at some level I did not. Mm-hmm. And, but I, but I don't, that was an experience that I had, I'm not, uh, you know, I don't regret it. Okay, mm-hmm. I, regret, I regret some portions of it. Right. But what that allowed, what going to engineering college helped me was get that clarity that I don't want to do this. Right. <laughs> and it, got, it gave the clarity that, you know, when I go into design school, these are the things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm pretty sure if I joined design school when I was 18, mm-hmm. um, I would have squandered it 110%. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not mincing words here, but I, knowing me, I would have. So I feel... Uh, the biggest advice I would give myself is that you know you don't have to rush things take it easy take it slow Um, if you don't have to match up to what other people are doing in their own lives everybody's Mm -hmm. life is different they have their own challenges Mm -hmm. their own you know wherever they come from but if you want to do something focus on being good at it the craft of it I mean be uh, like don't be an asshole basically I mean, because uh, why I'm saying this is that... Uh, with, that's with, with that's our, as blunt as it gets. Yeah, hey, I mean, 16-year-old self, don't be a fucking asshole, man. Because I think at some point, with certain people I have, which I regret. Mm-hmm. So, and I've apologized to all of them. But I mean, uh, even with design also is that I feel you need to be sensitive about the kind of 
subject matter you deal with, not, mm-hmm. not only political, but any any subject matter you deal with, you should mm-hmm. always treat it with care. So that's what I mean yeah. is that the number one is don't be an asshole. And also, uh, things take time. Mm-hmm. I think anybody in the creative field knows that creating things take time. So it's okay if, you know, life isn't going according to what society or uh, certain codes prescribe you to adhere to. Right. It's fine if you're taking your own time. But as long as you know you can say to yourself with conviction that, okay, fine, I'm doing it for myself. I'm doing it to improve my work myself. Yeah, you can't be lying to yourself while you're doing that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Because then you're going to find yourself in a position where... Yeah, I mean, I I don't want it to become like a smoke smoke and mirror situation for yourself. Yeah. You know? Because that would just be worse later on. Yeah, exactly. So, because that's what I felt is that if if I'm not... If if I don't want to be better at something, Mm -hmm. I'll never be good at it. Yeah. And... Yeah, that, that's essentially what made me move into design. Like, but I didn't care about engineering. Okay, I, okay, I passed all my classes. I didn't fail. I was decently good at math and science, but... Decently good. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have the energy or just the will to, you know, be good at it. Yeah. I know a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. I wasn't one of them. No, I, I feel like for people who work in the creative field in, in some way, I, I, I don't necessarily think that they just did it because they were bad at math or science. I just think they did it because they wanted to do it. Yeah. And, and so... It, it kind of stems from that need versus want argument, you know? True. Like, you need design. You don't want it. Like, it's something that's an intrinsic part of you in some way, shape or form. And Agreed. I, I think, uh, I, I do agree with this intrinsic sort of uh, inclination that you have towards certain mm-hmm. things and you should trust that. Yeah. Trusting your gut, trusting that intrinsic inclination that you might have to a certain task or certain way of working, you should trust yeah. that. And yeah, another advice I'd probably give last one is, I just forgot shit. It just came to my mind. Mm-hmm. But um, it was more on a, along the lines of share your knowledge. Don't gatekeep. Don't gatekeep ever. Hmm. Because I, I know, uh, I don't want to take names, but it's pretty endemic in every single creative industry, whether it's fashion design, whatever. People love to gatekeep. Yep. Don't gatekeep. It, yep. it does no one anything. I, mean, I think there's a few people who are breaking that norm and they're yeah, breaking exactly. it beautifully. You I know? mean, like, your open tag project is an example of that. I mean, why yeah. I only, uh, why I mention that is because from a point of respect only because you said you wanted to open up the space to other people and, yeah. you, and you're doing it. I don't know how many stores do that. Retail <laughs> is not cheap, right? Yeah. Running a space is not cheap, right? It's not cheap. I think it's just about, you know, when you like look at a concept, again, in its pure form, growth for all is, is a concept that when we thought of actually getting all of these different people into the space and making them stakeholders by putting their brands or putting their stuff... Um, I think that was the concept, which is, you know, mutual growth, not just one person yeah, exactly. or one I thing. Feel, you know, maybe you can get somewhere just prioritizing only your growth and maybe just pushing everybody else down. But mm-hmm. I feel it's it's more richer and more satisfying. I mean, not I wasn't satisfying, but I, I think it, it's great when everybody's working to, to, you know, gassing each other up, you know, saying, yeah. that, you know, mutual support, I think, is what should be the norm, at least for the future, for because yeah. that will help us keep. I'm not saying, but at the same time, you know, we need that. It will help us keep like learning, keep going. Yeah, I mean, in the sense that I think we need that from our own peers is because who else will give it to you? Yeah, not monkeys. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. lot of people. I mean, you anyway have to like fight tooth and nail with clients to pay you anything. <laughs> you have to fight with other people explaining what you want to do. Yeah. But if your own peers don't support you, or at least don't wish the same amount of success that they want for themselves for mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. then what's the point of having a community? You don't build a community or at least uh, some sort of 
some level of respect for each other in that. Yeah, I get that. And I think another example of someone who's made their art, everyone else's art, is Sumit, Sumit Roy. Uh, you know, by like with his recent project with Herock, he literally puts out all the collateral out for anyone and everyone to use to make it their own. Which even, in a way is beautiful, you exactly, know? Exactly, even I think uh, Shiva... Uh, and so he's like this typographer, mm-hmm. really good, and he's put out a lot of work and uh, posters and things like which anybody can use without crediting him or you know yeah. on especially related to the farmers' protests or CNRs and and that that's great, you know like no gatekeeping, putting things out for people, sharing knowledge because I think the more you share, it also enriches yourself in a way mm-hmm. that you find holes in your knowledge, yeah, in a way, but. From that argument, right, when you say no gatekeeping, but at the same time, for you to monetize your work, like, how can you have a paywall on, on Academy at some we, That's why we don't. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. But I'm saying for you, to, for you to monetize your work at some point, because as you said, you have to pay the bills and you have to pay contributors and everyone else. What is the route that you're going to be taking? Arman? <laughs> is that a or, segue into? Yeah, yeah, it is. What is the route that <laughs> we're going to be taking? figuring that out. I mean, uh, hopefully with the print, subscribers would be like a route that we want to take. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. And, uh, you know what? <laughs> I know you're itching for it. Go I'm, I'm going to go for it. <laughs> so guys, uh, this is an open call out on Arman today. <laughs> but the day this video goes live, uh, we're going to be putting a link out which is just going to be a GoFundMe or one of these links which allows people to fund other people. And that's that's just for the amount of incredible work that Academy Yo, Mag does. No, way. Come on. No, this is happening. I'm not, I'm Yo, not kidding. No. <laughs> so, in the current political climate where we're in a world which is not, you know, it's full of disparity and a lot of different things that are going wrong, I think it's important for independent media to be alive and well. So... The day this goes up, there's going to be a link that's going to go up and everything that you guys contribute is going to go Yo, to Academy Mac. you're crazy, no way. So, <laughs> so, he didn't do it. I told him to do it. I told him to literally put a button on his website which says, donate now and he did not. But, so this I is... I mean, okay, to be fair, you were reworking a website. But okay, but thank you. But, but yeah, you don't this, have to do this, thank this you. This is, so is like, this starts the day it does. Is, okay, I, because I wasn't expecting this link thing at all. Because I, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I had it in my mind at some point because... You're going to wait till it's perfect and then see if people want to pay for it. I'm telling you, people will pay for it because the work that you do is (laughs) good. I mean, okay, I had full disclosure, I had no idea about this. I absolutely had no idea about this. Me neither. It literally came to me when I was talking to you. You're you're crazy, come on. (laughs) So, so I think think that's that's all from us for tonight. Uh, Big hand to Arman Roy for agreeing to do this with us. And remember why we do it, guys. We do it for the culture. Thank you. Thank you so much.